You're listening to the sermon podcast from Real Life on the Palouse, reaching the world for Jesus, one person at a time. All right, who's ready to go home? We had some little sermonette on handle. We got a sermonette there on joy, and uh, let's go. Um, we are going to do something unique today. Um, unique to the if you're here new, you wouldn't know it's unique because you never know what we do. But if you've been here, a lot of times we do the crescendo, the like the handles Messiah, the Hallelujah is like we end with what we call communion, where we celebrate Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. Today it is the Oreo middle. It is that thing. So it's going to be in the middle of the service. And if you all leave right after you take communion, I will feel very awkward for the last 10 minutes of what I plan to say, because I'll just be talking to chairs, and that's not as fun. Um, So yeah, I'm Darby Anderson. I am the home groups pastor here, and stoked to be on this team. I've been praying for this time that the Holy Spirit would meet you where you're at, and that we would maybe make some strides towards joy. We, um, my family and I, we moved here from from other places and and we've been here just long enough to go, we like snow. And some of you are probably woke up today and go, ooh, these are circumstances I wouldn't have chosen. Um, Way to overcome and and get here anyway. Um, So I have some questions. I'm a questioning, inquisitive kind of a guy and I encourage you to have internal dialogue. These are rhetorical questions. If you start barking them out, that'll be weird. Um, what pursuit is driving your days these days? So like as you drove here, maybe it was just like my pursuit is please get here safely, you know, or whatever that pursuit may be. And what are you pursuing this holiday season? So, so if we could start a conversation that we would continue this conversation with the Lord, that we continue this conversation with friends and family, if your home group's meeting, if it's not meeting, then Go have coffee with someone. Go, go do something and continue these, um, these conversations. For us, um, this week, joy felt a little bit like jello. I don't like jello, but that's what I think of. Have you ever tried to nail jello to a wall? It's like you like, or, or just like touch it and it like jumps off your plate. That's what joy has felt like to me this week. It's, it's been pretty elusive, um, and it feels like it's going here, there, and You'd say, well, why did you miss it, Darby? What's your problem? I'm like, well, my circumstances. I would not have chosen these circumstances. These circumstances do not lead to joy. And so it's been elusive for us, especially us as Andersons. We have a family mission statement. Our family mission statement, you ready for this? Is to know and enjoy God and to make that joy known. I'd give myself a solid D minus on that this week. Um, Not completely failing, uh, maybe getting by, but not great. Um, So it's a good thing that I'm talking about these things. And and joy is something that people have talked about for years. And smart people have talked about it for years. People not like me, people like Augustine. Augustine says, without exception, all try their hardest to reach the same goal. And that is joy. Joy. Like there's something in us that we're just striving. There's got to be something more than this. And, and for me, before I, before I was a Christian, I grew up atheist. I, did, I didn't know what that could be. And so we pursue these things, but sometimes they feel elusive because of our circumstances. Another uh, smart 
person said something once, and it is this. It says Eucharist, and you're like, Gesundheit, what is that about? Um, We'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, Eucharist, let's just pretend it means Thanksgiving, because it does, is the only full and real response of man to God's creation, his redemption, and gift of heaven. So it's like, it flows from the idea that, that we should be grateful and we should be thankful. And you're like, Darby, that was a month ago. It's a different holiday. It is, it is not Advent season. That, that's called Thanksgiving. But maybe there's something about Thanksgiving that ties in directly to joy and that joy that, that, that they're in cahoots. Who says in cahoots? Apparently I do. Um, you ever say something and you're like, what? That was it. Okay. Um, and so cool people said things about joy and thanksgiving, but let's not focus on what cool people said. Let's focus on what God had to say about it. Um, we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 12. And before Hebrews chapter 12 is this thing called Hebrews chapter 11. And Hebrews chapter 11 has, it's known as the hall of faith. And so like, he goes through all these cool people and what they've done and how amazing they are. And just so you know, their circumstances weren't easy, most of those people, but they became people of faith. Let's read Hebrews chapter 12, verses one through three together though. And it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, referencing all these people that overcame, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So I want to spend some time on that verse two there. It says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Anyone ever memorize that verse? I've memorized that verse. And I'm like, what? I wrote it down wrong. I typed it wrong. It's supposed to be the author and perfecter of our faith. That's the way I learned it. And that was in the new international version. But this is the new, new international version. I was like, because I put in IV and then the pop, uh, but they have a new, new international version. I like it because here in the Pacific Northwest, we're like pioneers. Woo, trailblazers. Let's go. Let's go, let's make it happen, let's, let's, let's hit this. And so he's the pioneer, he paved the trail, for, in the perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him, there's that elusive three-letter word, for the joy set before him, he endured. Well, that doesn't sound fun. I come from a land that has a land called Disneyland, and Some people call that the happiest place on earth. As a kid, my grandparents knew Walt Disney, and I used to go to that land called Disneyland, and it was the happiest place. It was a lot of fun. Now, Disneyland is not the happiest place. Long lines. Prices up the, you know, they they got you, you know? And then, not only that, you get to smell like barf and like all these like horrible smells as well as being in long lines and waiting. And so to me, it's not the happiest place on earth. So, so I think a lot of times we think that, that for us to be happy, whatever your happy place is, your happy Gilmore place, wherever you go, whatever, whatever that happy place is where you think 
That's what it needs to be. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He's the trailblazer. How do we have joy? We follow the trailblazer. So that leads to the next verse because that's the way the Bible works. And it says, consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary or lose heart. Consider him. I normally speak in English, but today I'm going to bust out two Greek words to you. I find that when I speak in English to English crowds, it works better. Um, but we're going, to hear, here, we're going to get one here. That word consider in the Greek is analagitsamai. And you're like, yeah, of course, analagitsamai. But that word consider is where we get the word analyze. And really analyze, the analagitsamai is like contrast and compare. Contrast this with this. So Consider him who endured such opposition. So this week when my knee hurt, how does that relate to the cross? Contrast and compare, right? So consider him so that you do not grow weary and lose heart. If he can do that, the same God who who conquered the grave, his spirit lives in us, and if he can do that, then I can have hope that we don't grow weary, that we don't lose heart. The opposite of joy is, I don't know, there's lots of synonyms for it, but it's like loss of heart. It's despair. It's like a case of the grumpies that you can't get out of. That you will not lose heart. Consider what he went through and the other side of it. That we have Jesus and he is the author and perfecter, the pioneer, the greatest gift that one could have. I grew up atheist. I did not grow up a Christian. And, but every once in a while, I'd find myself in a Catholic church and I heard a gazuntite word. And it's Eucharist and, or Eucharist Teo. So they didn't say Teo. They just said Eucharist. We're going we're gonna to have the Eucharist, right? And I'm like, I have no idea what they're doing. And people are lining up. And I'm like, I'm so confused. I don't get it. But there's a method to that, and I wanted to talk about that word because I think there's a key to joy in Eucharisteo. If you look at Eucharisteo, which means, let's just say it means Thanksgiving, like I said, and let's say it does mean Thanksgiving, that, hey, wait, that was a month ago. No, maybe it's tied into right now that we're thankful for this, the greatest gift, that Eucharisteo, right in the middle there, if you See that word charis? Whoa, it fits right in the middle. And that word charis is grace or an undeserved gift or unmerited favor. And that's ours. So we can give thanks. And the root word of charis is kara, which is joy. And so there's this idea maybe that if we, in spite of our circumstances, find something to be grateful for, that we might go, oh, there are undeserved gift in my life. My knee is one thing, but hey, my eyes, when I wear glasses, I can see my mouth. I have taste buds that work, you know, all these things that you could choose and you go, wait, it's hard to have despair when you're grateful. 
I dare you to try it. Oh, well, prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. Go for it. Prove me wrong this week. Go for it. Try to be thankful and see how much you can hold on to your despair. It is difficult to do. I don't know. Maybe, you're, maybe you can do it. I don't know. I don't know if you want to, but if you find success, talk to, tell me I'm wrong later. And then tell me all the other times that when you were giving thanks, that actually joy follows. When you contrast it and compare the hope we have, the, the joy we have with that, it can follow. And so we, we look at this and we think maybe thanksgiving can lead to grace, which can lead to joy. And let's take a look at some verses that sometimes get a bad rap. Those verses are found in 1 Thessalonians. And 1 Thessalonians 5 says... And this, this for those, those of you, who, whoever has memorized Jesus wept. This is one of those passages where it will give you lots of success early on. You're like, okay, you know, I, I got it. Two words. Woo! You can memorize this scripture. Rejoice always. That's a whole like verse right there. Rejoice always. That's like verse 16. You're like, yeah. And then verse 17, pray continually. That's a whole verse. I bet you could memorize that. Verse 18 is where it gets a little sticky. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the spirit. And so as you see there in verse 18, it says, give thanks for every circumstance. Is that what it says? No. It says, give thanks in all circumstances. You are not, you do not need to be thankful for every circumstance. There are circumstances that come from your enemy and he hates you and he wants to rob, kill, and steal you, steal your joy from you. He wants to ruin your life. Not every circumstance do you need to be thankful for, but in those circumstances, for the joy set before Jesus, he endured the cross. Did he, he's like, man, I'm so thankful that I get to experience the cross. No, he's like, if there's any other way, but not my will, but yours be done. So, so in those circumstances, find a way to analyze, get some my contrast, compare, to be thankful, to find grace in that gratitude, which leads to joy. Do you know what rejoice means? It means do it again. It's like repeat cycle. Repeat cycle, repeat cycle. So it's like gratitude. You find unmerited favor. You see things that you should be thankful for and gracious, and then you experience joy. And then what do you have to do after that? Do it again. Because I don't know if you're like me, but I like forget in 30 seconds. Like I need to remember, forget, but now that you mentioned that, I remember to do it again. In all circumstances, not for all circumstances. If you ever want to tick me off, see me down and say, Darby, you just need to be thankful in all circumstances. I'm not okay with you telling me that. I'm okay with scripture telling me that. I'm okay with Jesus telling me that. I'm okay with the Holy Spirit reminding me of those things. Feel free to encourage me, but don't use this because this is why this verse gets a bad rep. Trying to put a little band-aid on something that's really hard doesn't help. Okay? So we're going to make our way towards the Lord's table and communion. If you 
um, are helping and serving with communion, if you can make that happen, that would be great. And so this is the middle part of the sermon, the, the Oreo filling part that, that we're going to go ahead, we'll hold on to his, the bread, we'll hold on to the blood, but, um, and, and we'll partake afterwards. I wanted to point out to you something from that story, from these verses, which sometimes we may just breeze over because it's our crescendo. It's the, it's the part you breeze over with um, Griswold when he plugs in the tree. It's like, hallelujah, we're finally done. The preacher's done and we're taking communion. You're like, man, there's more, there's more. So I want to I look at these verses and, and it says, for I receive from the Lord what I also pass on to you, the, the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed. How were those circumstances? Those circumstances were tough, right? He gave thanks and broke it. So he's the trailblazer. He's the pioneer of our faith. He's the author and perfecter of our faith. He gave thanks. And then in the same way, what, what way? In the same way, he took the cup. So in the way of gratitude, in the way of those things, he took the cup and he gave joy. And so we're going to hold those elements. And I encourage you during this time of music, during this time of reflection, to think about, is there anything you can give thanks for? Is there anything that you could find that the greatest gift is bigger than those circumstances? That maybe you could find thanksgiving, grace, and joy. Reflect on those things. On the night that he was betrayed, he chose to give thanks. He Eucharisteoed. Help us, Lord, to, to be thankful for your body broken for us. Let's remember him together. And in the same way, that, that, that attitude of thankfulness, that attitude of gratitude, he took the cup and he said, do this in remembrance of me. Let's remember him together. So, again, the crescendo is pretty cool. That the the Oreo filling right there in the middle. That that we we analyze, get to mind, we contrast, we compare what Jesus did and and what we have to go through, and we consider that that maybe because of who He is, that we can be grateful in our circumstances, not for our circumstances. And you're like, Darby, where's this stuff about, you know, let, let, let's find the, the traditional verses of Christmas with joy, and, and we're going to, and, and we're here. And when, when, when Jesus was born, he was born in a very dark time, and those circumstances were tough. And he was actually born at, at night, and that, that in the midst of darkness, in the midst of those things, um, Jesus came. And so we look at Luke chapter 2, verses 10 through 11, and it says, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Why? Because angels are awesome, and they're like, what? I'm afraid. You're Anyway, don't be afraid. I bring you good news. You Longerleon. I bring you good news that will cause great joy. There's that elusive three-letter word. Great joy for all the people. Not just for some, but for all. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, and he is the Messiah, the Lord. So what it didn't say 
is the give thanks in all circumstances. Do you think Mary had any difficult circumstances? Yeah. From what I hear, carrying a baby in and of itself is not very fun. I mean, unless they're outside and I get to put them in my arms, then they're fun. You can do the Heisman pose. That's fun. But I mean, for the female standpoint of it, like there's difficulties there. There's trials. There's, but for the joy before you, you endure, right? And, and Jesus was in that situation. How about um, Joseph? Were there any things that he had to endure to yeah, probably people judging, ridiculing what's going on, you know, all these sort of things. And, but from that, in a dark time, in a dark place, came the greatest gift ever, which is joy. And so you're like, okay, that's a cool story, but what does Jesus have to say about that? Well, he, he talks about birth, and that's in John 16, verses 20 through 22. It says, very truly I tell you, it's good because Jesus tells the truth, You will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. That does not sound like Disneyland. Well, it sounds like my understanding of Disneyland now with the long lines and the stinky vomit and all that. But it doesn't sound like the happiest place on earth, does it? You will weep and mourn. Couldn't we just have fun? Couldn't it just be easy? You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. That's right. That's good news. That's Eulongarion. That's the idea that Jesus has come and he's the king and he's paving the way. He's pioneering a new way for us. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because of because her time has come, but when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. And it's hard. Are those circumstances hard, mothers? Yes. Those of us fathers, we have to go get more ice cream. We put on the pregnant 15 pounds for me it was. Yeah, I put on, but it wasn't that as hard. I had to go get hamburgers, um, bacon, wait, Western bacon cheeseburgers were, the, were what I'd always have to go get. But, Anyway, that, that, that's not nearly, those circumstances are not nearly as difficult as what my wife had to go through, what, what we, um, she endured. And I love the fact that Jesus doesn't hold back any punches. And in chapter 16, further on, it says, so it, oh, so it is with you, now is your time of grief, but I will see you again, and you will rejoice, and no one will take away your joy. So the idea that, that we have something to look forward to, that, that we can, for the joy set before us, delayed gratification. That's not good news to a lot of us, right? But I want it now. Further on in chapter 16, It says, one of my favorite passages in the Bible, I have told you these things. What things? It's like childbirth, those things, and some other things. But I've told you these things. Why? So that in me you may have peace. You're like, wait a second, that was last week, Darby. But maybe peace and joy are related. 
possible. This is my favorite part of this verse. In this world, you will have trouble. That's my favorite part of that verse. Why? Because I experience it every day. You experience it every day. Right? He's not holding back any punches. Hey, Disneyland, instant gratification. No. But I want that, and I want it now. Oh, cool. In this world, you will have trouble. This is the clincher, the greatest gift. But take heart, I have overcome the world. That Jesus has overcome that. Yes. That is a beautiful thing. It's, it's not... Turn that frown upside down. Joy is something deeper than, you know, you should be thankful for your circumstances. Well, that's not what the verse says. And second of all, I don't like hearing it from you. Be thankful in your circumstances. Find something to be grateful for and you'll find that um, grace, that unmerited favor, something, and then there's the joy and then there's the rejoice and do it again. And that is the greatest gift. And that gift is a choice. You may be going, hey, does the Holy Spirit have anything to do with this? Yes, the Holy Spirit has a lot to do with this. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 6 says, You became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering. That does not sound like Disneyland with no people in it, but all the rides functioning. In the midst of severe suffering with the joy given you by the Spirit. The joy given us by His Spirit. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. And He's given us His very Spirit to help us for the joy set before us endure the pains of this world. In this world, you will have trouble. It's like giving birth. That there's something on the other side, and on the other side is the greatest gift. A lot of these things come from um, an author. You can find her book called A Thousand Gifts or whatever, but these ideas, these concepts come from, um, some of them come from Ann Voskamp, and I wanted to share her quote with you. So if you're on the music ministry team, you should be making your way up. Um, But she reminds us that busy is a choice. That stress is a choice. And that joy, that elusive three-letter word, is a choice. And she encourages you and I encourage you. I encourage me, the person I see in the mirror, Choose well. And then when you do it, choose it again and rejoice. That find something to be thankful for. Say it, state it, thank you, Lord. And then you see that there are some things that you get that are charis, that are grace, unmerited favor, and then you can have joy. And then do it Again, rejoice, rejoice, because God is with us. Emmanuel, God is with us by his spirit. He is our greatest gift. So I want to pray for us and continue this time of worship. Lord, 
Thank you for loving us first, for paving the way, for being our pioneer, for the joy set before you, you endured. Help us, Lord, to not look at our circumstances and not focus on the hangnail or maybe they're super difficult circumstances, but to focus on a gracious gift, something that you've given us, something that we can and ought to be thankful for. And from there, Lord, may we experience your grace. And from there, may we be rooted and established in joy. We pray in your name, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life. You can find out more about us by visiting liferotp.com and connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, have a great week.